Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin.
Amen. Thank you, Miss Ginger. While she was playing, I was thinking of the, the composer of that piece, Robert Schumann. Yeah, see, Mr. Ginger says, I need to learn that song so I can sing it. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking about, uh, about Robert Schumann and how, uh, really, how tragic the, the latter end of his life, because he, um, he, he basically drove himself insane. He, um, he had wished that he had larger hands. And so in an effort to increase his ability to reach more notes, you know, keys on the piano, he cut the webbing between his fingers thinking that he would be able to, to increase, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the stretch and, and, and his reach, which of course didn't work out too well. <laughs> but uh, he spent his last years in a, in an asylum, and uh, but he wrote some of the most beautiful, beautiful music, such as as this piece here. But such is the is the life of so many people who, instead of trusting their hearts and their lives and their futures into the Lord, they end up living a life of, of frustration and, in so many cases, tragedy but very different from the life that we're going to look at today, actually two lives. The title of the message today is Philip baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch. And so I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. And uh, we've been going through the, uh, the book of Matthew for some time. And some say, are you still in Matthew? Are you still in Matthew? Well, we'll be getting back to Matthew because uh, we've had to take a little detour uh, during our deacon nomination process, and we wanted to look at uh, various examples of deacons in the scripture. But uh, just this past week, I heard about uh, one, one uh, pastor who had uh, been preaching through the New Testament. And it took him uh, close to 25 years to do that, okay? Because most people don't realize just how, how long it actually takes to look at every chapter and at every, every story, every verse, every teaching. It takes a long, long time. And I think we've been in Matthew for a little over a year. Um, and uh, if the Lord leads me to preach through, uh, you know, through the whole New Testament, I preach through other books as well. But uh, amen, if he gives me another 25 years. <laughs> but uh, then I heard about a preacher who, uh, who preached through the whole Bible. It took him 40 plus years <laughs> to do that, you know, preach through the entire Bible. Amen. But uh, we've been in the book of Acts here for uh, a couple of weeks. And our, our lesson for today comes out of Acts chapter 8, and uh, beginning at verse 26. So let's go ahead and begin uh, reading there. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen 
of the Ethiopians who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and, beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Let's pray, please. Our Father in God, we ask your blessing upon each one of us today as we study your word. We pray that you illuminate our understanding by your Holy Spirit. And we pray, dear Father, that our hearts, our spirits, our lives, our minds will be sensitive to your presence each moment of our lives. We acknowledge, Lord, that you are always with us. But we also acknowledge that we are not always sensitive to your presence. And we pray and ask that you would enable our hearts to be sensitive, the ears of our soul, of our minds and our hearts to be attentive, listening to your voice. Speak to us, Lord, we ask through your holy word, by your Holy Spirit, illuminate our understanding. And may we give all honor and glory to the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. So Philip is one of the original seven. Now, just quickly, if you hold your place there in chapter 8, and turn to chapter 21 in the same book of, of Acts, chapter 21 and verse 8. And I've mentioned this many times, that the Bible is its best, uh, the best commentary on itself. There are all kinds of books and, and commentaries and Bible study lesson books, etc., that are written in there. They're very good and, and useful. But the Bible is its best own commentary. Because there was a, an apostle who also had the name Philip. And oftentimes when we're reading the scripture, 
And we come across a name, we think that, you know, just that one person had a particular name and that's the one that's being referred to whenever we're reading through the scripture. And that's, that's just not correct. There was an apostle named Philip, but this Philip is not an apostle. He's a disciple, yes, but he was one of the original seven. So notice in verse 8, well, let's begin at, at uh, verse, verse 7 in, in chapter 21. And when he had finished, and when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Ptolemais, greeted the brethren, and stayed with them one day. On the next day, we who were with Paul, uh, Paul's companions, departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the evangelist. Notice that Philip is referred to as an evangelist because he was gifted with the gift of evangelism. That's a spiritual gift. Who was one of the seven? You notice that? Now, who is that seven? We looked, we looked at the seven last week and the week before. Remember, in the, in the same book, in the book of Acts, there was a situation that occurred as the church was growing. So you had Greek-speaking Jewish women and you had the Hebrew-speaking uh, uh, Jewish women and the church was providing food to them, but one group felt that they were being neglected. And so the apostle said, seek out men full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom and they will be charged with the responsibility of taking care, basically, of this situation or of these women. And, and so one of those was Stephen, who we looked at last week. We discussed Stephen. He was the first Christian martyr. And then the next one was Philip. And he was given the spiritual gift of evangelism. Now, we're all supposed to be witnesses. We are all to be Christian witnesses. But some people are gifted in the area of evangelism. And in the modern day, uh, we think of someone like Billy Graham and even his son Franklin and uh, the, the whole Graham family because they're all traveling around the world preaching and sharing of the gospel. But right here we learned that this Philip is Philip the deacon, one of the original seven. We can turn back uh, to, to chapter 8. And so, some characteristics about Philip. We've already mentioned that he was a deacon. And now, one of the requirements was that a deacon be a reverent person. And you find that in the, in the book of Timothy as we look at the, the various qualifications. And so, these qualifications, uh, you, you probably will remember that we had these listed last week. Mature, dedicated. Holy Spirit empowered. But you see, every Christian is to be Holy Spirit empowered. Because when we come to know Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God comes to live and dwell within us. And uh, if you've uh, been to the Bible studies on Wednesday, you've heard me say, Christians don't have to ask God in prayer to be with them. And if you were paying attention in the prayer that I prayed, the prayer was, Lord, we acknowledge that you are always with us. Our prayer is that you will make our hearts sensitive to the fact that you are with us 
every moment of our lives. You follow? You see, when you, when you say, God be with us, he's already answered that prayer. Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. He doesn't leave us. And wherever we find ourselves, God is with us. God is with us in the person of God the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells in our lives. He is with us. He's also referred to as the, the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Christ. He is with us. And so the deacon is to be a person who is empowered by God the Holy Spirit and dependable, sound in doctrine. Notice, he preached Jesus. He didn't preach the popular, you know, fad or, or philosophy of the day. He preached Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that theology isn't important. Theology is important. As a matter of fact, you can't accurately preach Jesus without a correct theology. But some people, when they're sharing Christ, they want to answer, you know, all these questions from the beginning of time. No, what the person needs to hear is that they need Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And then notice that he's also humble. A humble, wise servant, sensitive and discerning. That too is a spiritual gift. The gift of discernment that God gives. And obedient. Now we're going to look at these uh, in a little more depth here in a moment. But he was also courageous and bold in the faith. So a deacon is to be humble, he's to be wise, sensitive, discerning, obedient, and he's to be courageous. Now, being courageous does not mean the absence of fear. Does not mean the absence of fear, but a willingness, in spite of fear, to do what is right and to do what God has called us to do. No matter the outcome, no matter the response on the other side, we are called to proclaim God's truth, bold in faith, willing and available. For a person to serve as a deacon, they must be available. They must be willing to take their schedule, this was a schedule, and lay it at the foot of the cross. You see, that's what it means to truly serve the Lord. To take your life and to lay it at the foot of the cross. Jesus' schedule is the most important schedule. You notice he was willing and he was available. Now, I should have had you read a little further down, but I won't, I won't make you do that. You can do it later. He was also a family man. And we know that from the 21st chapter because as you read further down, Paul and his, and his companions stayed at Philip's house. And Philip had four daughters. And each one of them also 
preached the gospel and met some. They were all single, and they served their, uh, the Lord together with their father. And you read that in that, in that uh, 21st chapter. And he was known as an evangelist, one who shares the gospel. He preached and he witnessed. But Philip is given a specific mission as we move on. Second point. He's given a specific mission. And notice it says that an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. And we mentioned a moment ago sensitivity or spiritual discernment, spiritual sensitivity. Now notice what the angel says. Verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Now in this case, the, the angel is being obedient to the voice of God and is speaking to Philip on behalf of the Lord. He says, Arise, go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. That's all he tells him. Now, Philip could have said, well, what am I supposed to do when I go down there? And uh, why? You know, sometimes when you, you give your, your children a, a direction and they, they say, why? <laughs> or maybe now it's your, your grandchildren. And uh, you remember that old saying, because I told you so. <laughs> But notice, he didn't do that. He didn't say, well, well, why do you want me to go down there? And when we go back into the Old Testament, you recall that the Lord gave directed to Abraham to get up and to leave. And he got up and he left. And the Bible says, and he didn't know where he was going. But he just got up and he obeyed the Lord. Oh, for people who will obey the Lord. Notice, arise and go. He listened to what the angel said, so he arose and went, because he was available and obedient. Too often times, a person will be, will be informed of something, and they'll come up with 27 ways that that just won't work. I used to have this, this little list of all these different committees. One of those committees was called the Cold Water Committee. And the chairman was Clyde Coldwater. And if you present anything to Clyde, why well, he'd take it to his committee and they'd pour water on it. Because it was Clyde and the Cold Water Committee. We just can't do that here. We just can't do that. Why, we've never done that. I mean, we've always done this, but we've never done that. And that just won't work here. Well, Philip was not one of those. He was given a mission to a single individual. Notice that? A single individual. 
because every soul is important to God. So I ask you the question, who is that one person that God is putting on your heart to lead to him? God empowers us to share the gospel. And if you continue to say or continue to believe that you're not able to do it, you're looking in the wrong direction. And you're depending upon the wrong person. Because if you depend upon yourself, you'll never do it. You won't do it. You must depend upon God the Holy Spirit, who will empower you to share the message of the gospel. And you don't have to worry about answering a thousand questions that a person has. But moving on. So, a divine appointment is scheduled. A divine appointment is scheduled. You see, God gives us these divine appointments. The Ethiopian eunuch was an official treasurer. The term Candace was actually a royal title that referred to the, the queen. So there were several Candaces. It wasn't her actual name, but rather a royal title that um, let everyone know or informed everyone that she was the queen. But they considered dealing with money and other matters mundane and not something that the royal family should be involved in and so they would appoint a treasurer and so this gentleman the Ethiopian eunuch was what we might call today the minister of finance for a particular country and then there's some discussion in the in the scripture we read an Ethiopian eunuch but the modern day country of Ethiopia it's not the same as it was in ancient times, and it's actually the Nubian, the Nubian Empire, which today is Sudan. And you see, at one time, Ethiopia encompassed this whole, whole area. But as time has progressed, various countries have been born and boundaries change, etc. And the scripture refers to the land of Cush, Cush, and it's synonymous with, with Ethiopia, the Sudan, and uh, Nubia. But notice that Philip obeys the Holy Spirit. And we mentioned that a moment ago. He doesn't say, why? You see, he doesn't know that his mission is actually an historic one. Because as far as we know, the Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch is the first African to be given the gospel. And the early church fathers say that he went back, when he went back, as, as we'll see here, that he went back and witnessed to those in his own country. And we know today that there are Christians 
there in Ethiopia, and the churches go back to the very early, early centuries, going all the way back. They have some of the oldest actual copies of, of the scripture. So he approaches the Ethiopian eunuch who's reading from the prophet Isaiah, and that, that chapter is chapter 53. Chapter 53, which is referred to as a servant psalm. You're familiar with it, and we just read it. For he was wounded, right, for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That is, we are saved through the life, death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. Now notice what, what Philip does. He, he runs up to the chariot, and he hears, he hears the man reading. And in ancient times, they would read aloud. And something else about the Ethiopian eunuch, that he was probably a convert to Judaism at the time because he went up to Jerusalem to worship. You notice? And there are several categories of converts. You could have a full proselyte who, who had um, basically confessed a faith in, in Judaism and accepted uh, the, the requirements of the law. If he was a male, he would have been circumcised and also baptized. And then they would refer to that person as a proselyte. Someone who had fully converted to Judaism. But if one was unwilling to do all those other things, but they still believed in God, they would be referred to, and you'll hear this or read this sometimes in the scripture, that they were a God-fearer. They feared God. And you probably read that a few times. Although they were a Gentile, they were a God-fearer. So he could have fallen into one or two of those categories. But he was reading from Isaiah, and Philip asks the question, do you understand? Do you understand what you're reading? And notice the humility of the Ethiopian. He says, well, how can I unless someone guides me? And Philip hops up into the chariot, and off they go as they're traveling down the road. And what does the scripture say? See there, Philip preached Jesus to him. You notice? Starting at that scripture. We've said this before. All of the Bible is about the Lord Jesus Christ. From Genesis to Revelation. All through the entire scripture. And you as a Christian, and especially as a deacon, must know your Bible and be able to preach Jesus from any point in the scripture. You say, wait a minute. <laughs> Last Sunday after that sermon, as I, was, as I was leaving, I had someone pull up and say, hey, I don't know about all that stuff now. <laughs> well, we grow. We're supposed to grow. But growing in knowledge of the scripture 
is made possible by spending time in the scripture. Now, let me read something here from one of the commentaries. The writer says, the spirit does not make study needless. You see, we're, we're to be sensitive to the spirit of God, right? But the spirit does not make study needless, but rather he makes it effective. You see, I know lots of guys that they don't want to study because they're lazy. They're lazy and they don't want to study and they don't want to take the time to actually study and learn God's word. Well, I just depend upon the spirit. You know, however the spirit leads. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the spirit wrote the word of God. And you know what the spirit said in the word of God? Study to show thyself approved, right? Rightly dividing the word of truth. A man that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing, that is rightly teaching, rightly interpreting the word of God. We are supposed to study. There is no substitute for study. That means you have to spend time alone with God and the Bible. Praying and studying and studying and studying. Philip knew the word of God and he started right there where the Ethiopian was, was reading. And the Bible says he preached Jesus. Now, as they went along, the Ethiopian eunuch said, well, look, there's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And what was Philip's response? If you believe with all your heart, you may. And how did the Ethiopian respond? He responded that he believed that Jesus Christ is, in fact, the Savior, the Son of God. And so they went down into the water, and he baptized. Now notice, you don't get that from a sprinkling. You know, Philip said, let me run down there and get a cup of load of water, and I'll come up here and sprinkle you while you're sitting on the... All right? Some folks... And sadly, because of laziness and inconvenience through the centuries, Christian denominations, various Christian denominations, got away from fully immersing people down into the water and bringing them up. Out of sheer laziness. The Bible says that he was baptized. And that word baptizo means to submerge under the water. And notice it says that when they came up out of the water, that Philip was caught away. And what's interesting, because some people like to explain that one away, he was caught away. The, the Ethiopian didn't see him anymore. The same word that's used here is the word that's used over in uh, 1 Thessalonians referring to the rapture of the church being caught away. Harpazo. And you'll recall on the road uh, to Emmaus and Jesus went in with the, the disciples and as he broke bread with them and he was sharing the word of God with them, when their eyes were opened, boom, he was gone from out of their sight. Well, we're out of time. The Spirit of God and the Word of God always work together. 
The deacon is to understand this. That the Spirit of God and the Word of God work together. The need for Christian interpreters of the Bible continues to grow because we have so many people who do such a poor job of it and who are unwilling to share the truth. Well, what do we learn as we sum up? What do we learn from these passages? God calls and empowers people for specific ministry. He calls them and he empowers them. He empowers them by his Holy Spirit. Sound biblical doctrine is vital for effective ministry. God the Holy Spirit uses Christians to open the scriptures for others. God is the one. God the Holy Spirit is the one who gives the illumination. And he uses us as his servants to do so. Then a sensitive, listening, available, and obedient heart is also required. A sensitive, listening, available, and obedient heart. And then belief or faith in Jesus Christ as one's personal Savior comes before water baptism. It's not the baptism that saves a person. It's not going into the water that saves him. No, God saves them by his spirit. When a person accepts Jesus as Savior and places their faith and trust in him, they're now saved. But the next step is the step of baptism. In obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, a person is then baptized. And if you've not been correctly or biblically baptized, you need to be baptized. Taken down into the water because it symbolizes you being buried with Christ and then raised to walk in newness of life. So here's the question. Is anything hindering you from being baptized? We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. If you haven't been scripturally baptized, I implore you to follow the Lord in believer's baptism, to come forward and to be obedient like, like Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch. As we sing, Lord, I'm coming home. Let's stand, please. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.